He's got through Mahogany. He pounced on the lead from Ken Grande and Spartacus. And Mahogany, despite difficulties, draws away. And Schwarzier, Schwarzier has done it on his own down on the inside and won it. Apache Cat, a big baldy face in front of Apache Cat, and Apache Cat wins it. But this is why she's rated the best in the world. Have a good look at this. Black Caviar is going to be East Andover. And the wonder from down under wins again. Black Caviar, 19 straight from home. But she's back, and the legend lives on. Black Caviar by two and a Nature strip over towards the inside rail lead. Swats that September run flying, but Nature strip is going. And now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host. Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our year-round carnival preview edition of Lightning Stakes Day. A bit of grease lightning there for some fantastic horses heard over the years. None better, of course, than the mighty Black Caviar. Vince Accardi, I think that's where we started our journey together. Was it? How, how lucky were we <laughs> then? Because... I don't know. At the time, I, I didn't know what to think of Black Caviar other than it was turning out to be a superstar. <laughs> Absolutely right. All right, before we get into Flemington, though, we're going to have a look at Randwick at the main race there, the Apollo Stakes, and uh, and one of the champs of Australian racing as Fangirl is the favourite, one of the emerging star. Colts militarised his second favourite there. Bit of rain predicted today for the Apollo, so, of course, we'll talk business tomorrow, but just your overview from uh, Race 7, which is the bonus race in uh, that we're going to be providing for our fantastic customers, Vince. Yes, well, it, it, it's actually a, a neat race and probably uh, not, you know, clear-cut right right this moment, but hopefully with uh, you and I talking about it a little bit more, we'll be able to crystallise it further. Firstly, it's not a big field. Pace-wise, it's... You know, I, I do get confused these days about this pace, right? <laughs> you look at it and say, well, we, we should be orderly. And here, it's all the indications are how something like, like minus three below benchmark potentially possible, right, as being the norm for this race. Because there's no real ownership up the front other than, let's say, Lindemann and Attractable wanting to move forward. And they are horses that are very, very controllable. And it's entirely up to the rider to determine how much you want to add in terms of fuel. Tim Clark, unless he's got clear instructions to light him up, he's not going to do that, right? Yep. And Regan Bayless is probably going to allow the horse to be the horse. And therefore, there is the signal clearly coming across that we could be minus three, minus six. I've marked it as average speed to try and cover myself. Are we going to see a plus five, Ralphie? I, don't, I never want to say no. I do look at that aspect just in case that happens. But what does it mean for the race? It just comes back down to the fundamentals. Where are we at with various horses in this race? And the ones that I gravitated to initially was think it over. Now, I'm not sure what – do you have any insight on, like, where that price is right now? Uh, let me just get the markets up, but uh, the uh, the favourite for the race is is Fangirl. There, around about the uh, here, well, I've got it here now. The low twos, militarised mid fours. Think it over. Around about seven dollars with Buckaroo. Now, Buckaroo's a really interesting runner too, which we'll get to. And Lindemann rounds off the sort of those at the uh, single figure odds at nine dollars. Right. Okay. Beautiful. Well, firstly, I guess let's look about. Let's look at think about it. Think it over. Yeah, I think it over because I feel this is a, a really important horse. And when we sort of bring the reality of what it's done at the distance, it's only had two races at this distance. So it's hard to sort of pin to say, okay, what's your level? What I can say is it's definitely not less than two lengths above the IVR benchmark. And when I apply the, the race matrix to its profile, the indicators are saying it's more like somewhere between a plus 2.3 and a plus 3.9. 
So I'm happy to have clarity around that and get an understanding about, okay, that's where you're technically at. And then when I looked at its profile about, okay, where does it sit in terms of its general performance that it's been able to do when it gets on the podium? And didn't matter how I looked at it, there was nothing to indicate that this horse isn't genuinely around that plus three range or higher with the potential to get into the into the fives range, Ralphie. So I just sit back here and say, how can this horse be ignored? It just can't be. What's required to win the race was the other factor that I looked at. And I, it just meets all the criteria. It's got the right rider. Sure, I'd like to have some franking from a yard perspective, but it's hard to not see this horse being extremely hard to beat because the pace isn't going to be there, Ralphie, and that's going to be ideal for this horse first up. So first up, February 22, um, mm-hmm. uh, beat Colette, that's real form, and actually beat it quite well. 2.1 legs above benchmark, best of the day. Yep. It missed it missed nearly 500 days racing, though, so are you taking the position that he showed enough last prep, including a nice Randwick win, yes. to say that they've got him back right because he beat Zaki and Fangirl, of course, and, uh, and 2.7 above benchmark is a serious win? This is it. So at the moment, the way the Intel's... Uh, giving the signal, it's it's clearly indicating that right now, based on the the last prep that it had, not the one pre the four ninety seven days, it's already hit around that on the race matrix in that plus three range. Of course, pre that period, it was trending towards plus five. So yep. we haven't got to that line yet. But Rolfie, look at that run at Ramwick on the sixteenth of the ninth. Look at the explosion that this horse gave towards the end. 8.4 lengths above benchmark. Sure, it wasn't off a fast speed, but that's that that horse has never gone that good even before the 497. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I am taking a position that this stable have looked after this horse, and maybe it is a run-to-run proposition, but the reality is it doesn't have to do its absolute peaking performance to not miss the top three. I guess that's more to the point. Yeah, so a horse like Fangirl, who, as I said, is is the dominant favourite there. What's unusual about her profile, Vince, is that, you know, first up, last three preps, they've all been in walking tempos. Now, she won first up last prep, prep before, third to Fangirl, uh, so, sorry, third to Animo. It's real form, but she just hasn't had a test. But again, as you're saying tomorrow, it looks like she's going to get another no-tempo race. Yes, and then when you look at the, the three performances of 1,400 metres from an IVR perspective, it sits pretty much fair and squarely around that 1.3 to 1.8 range. But when you apply the matrix, the matrix is indicating its potential is more like 3.8 to plus 4 range. Now, if we get a slow pace, big sprint home, it'll be very interesting to see whether Fangirl can actually outkick think it over because the reality is there is this possibility think it, think it over this is on current profile might be a length stronger to a length and a half so they wouldn't want to be too far away from each other in order to uh, for one to have the real ascendancy over the other Mel's Rise is kicking off for the Ramwick Guineas I think that's two runs away if I got this right because it's March 9 whether he goes second up could be could be also a situation. Yeah, maybe he will be second up. So how forward do you think he'll be? Of course, there's the big standout that the, that performance in the Golden Rose was second up last prep. And Chris Waller being a pattern trainer, I'm sure he'll run well tomorrow, but uh, with improvement to come. Well, interesting you you point this horse out, Ralphie. He's probably the, the spoiler who can, with a high probability, may be able to spoil the party for those two horses that we've been talking about. That first up run when you look at it from a last campaign point of view, I expect that's probably more like the tempo it's going to run at, that five to seven lengths below benchmark. You could see its acceleration over the last 400 was just spot on, 8.1 above. So again, if it becomes this sit and sprint race, it this is where it can spoil the party. It is good enough to match motors with the other two in a sprint. They run a little bit faster, might make it a little bit tougher. If they run too slow, it probably doesn't advantage militarise as much. But it is one that I felt is possible of uh, spoiling the party. 
What, what, what kind of profile you've got in this buckaroo? I was watching the Chris Waller uh, preview show that he does with Charlie, and uh, it seemed like they know they've got a very, very serious horse here. There's no question this horse has got plenty of talent, Ralphie. The, the, the key is, is 1,400 the distance for this horse. This horse needs that next step. It yep. needs to be, in my view, minimum a mile. And sure, it's capable of matching it with this field. But right now, at this 1,400 metres point, if it was able to win this race, well, they're not going to be able to beat it in other races. <laughs> so this is the challenge, right? But yep. I just feel right now the horse is short. like, And it's never displayed that sort of performance that it's needed to win this race. So who knows? Maybe Waller's done something and has learnt more about the horse and has really been able to bring this horse on to, and we're going to see this new potential come out. But I am, no matter what, have to sit and watch it. And I couldn't, like, if I was worried about this horse, then I can't bet in the race. And I'm, I'm not sure that's how I feel about it. Right now, I'm, I'm quite happy to take it on. And just round off the flip side, the two leaders there, Tractable and Lindemann. Lindemann's trialed really well. Tractable's off, off a little fresh. And is, is he the new iron horse to Sydney racing this bloke? Because he, he can produce some tempo and, and hang on, as, as he did in that uh, in that Ingham at his last run when just pipped off. Yeah, well, you can clearly see this is what's been happening with this horse. The reality is I've just got to go with all our internal work and, and just how the whole bounce process works that even with that last start victory, it, it's going exactly how the algorithm was suggesting that it's on a decline and there's nothing that's sort of pushing me away from that. And here we are, we're now back with a little freshen up and we're looking at 1,400 metres some people will say 70 days is a spell, Ralphie. I don't categorise it anymore as that as being a spell. I, I, I'm a firm view that you need minimum 90, and even at 90, I get apprehensive depending on which stable it is. So 70, we're putting it in the basket that it might have had two or three days off and that's it. Has he got Lindemann right again? It's been, like I said, he's been trialling well. Things didn't really go for him uh, last prep. So, uh, you know, take the line away from that. It was a very big uh, Rose Hill 1400 win uh, last uh, last February, this time last year. It showed so much potential, Ralphie. And it's gelded now, I should add. Yeah, and maybe that's going to make a difference with this horse. But what I've learnt since, you know, really overlaying the race matrix is the numbers that it had been producing hasn't quite been able to deliver to that level and therefore the 2.6 that it's produced still stands as a big lofty reach for it now and will it be able to turn up off 126 days knowing how Waller is maybe maybe he 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 does this with some horses he winds them right up to have them ready to go to see what are you going to target with this horse, or is it not going to reach the potential? Because at one stage I thought, who knows, this could be a, uh, you know, a Cox Plate horse, but he's just gone sideways, and he's another horse that very, very hard for me to genuinely consider backing in this race, knowing that it has to run beyond its best to to win. I should round off by asking you how Arapahoe's come back because uh, one of our great supporters is a part owner of events. So, so just uh, what type of expectations have you seen from from the trial? Obviously, it wasn't right last time in its, in its one run. Well, at the moment, it's trending two to three lengths below benchmark and he's pretty much like looks pegged to run right up to what it did first up last campaign. Uh, this yep. is... We're talking about like back in February of 23. That's what it's trending to. And that is pretty much on that benchmark. And unfortunately, even with the matrix sort of indicating that, that can be as strong as plus two, it does need a couple of runners to not be ready to go in order for this horse to be in the finish. Uh, with Bjorn Baker, anything's possible, of course. <laughs> of course. So uh, just in summary, and we'll talk business tomorrow because we'll have some clarity on the track, but at the moment it sounds like yeah, you're, you're leaning a bit towards a, a sort of minor bet for uh, we think it over. Well, this is where I am at the moment. I can't fault it. Everything's yep. uh, clear and concise. You have uh, sparked some interest in terms of the track condition. 
Oh, I don't believe it. You know, it's, it's summer, isn't it? Summer. <laughs> am I, am I, are we in summer or we're in oh, Eskimo land, Iceland or somewhere? I don't know. Yeah. Well, we had a dry winter in Sydney, so we know what's going to happen next. <laughs> we'll leave it at that for now. But like I said, well, that's that's your thoughts at the moment. With Fangirl, team favourite, could be an opportunity there. we we'll place on side. We'll think it over. We'll talk in the morning further. Black Caviar Lightning, well, this horse, uh, she, she ain't at that level, but she's a very, very good horse in Paratrees. She's a tight favourite here. Firstly, is an overview for Fleming and Vince with the rail true what type of uh and the track and it's, it looks like perfect conditions under that circumstance just uh just briefly how do you expect the track to play when it's under that circumstance well for the for the straight races it's pretty clear cut where are they going to go up the middle to the left or to the right that's it right they're the options yep up the middle that's the slowest pace bunched together great part of the track for pretty much all horses float to the inside I'm going to say inside some sort some sort of an advantage, particularly if they're not going to use anything of the lanes 10 or wider, and more speed. And if they go to the right, you're probably going to get fast pace and a lot of pressure, and that's probably the biggest disadvantage for leaders. Which can happen. It happened last year. They're, yeah, they're absolutely. All yeah. And then if we go to the turning races, we know how this works, Ralphie. We've seen it too many times. Lane 10 and wider is where all the action is. We're going to go through these races and see where which races are ideally possible where this could take place. With the smaller fields, that's not going to happen. The bigger fields, it's a shoe-in. Right. Let's start with Lightning. So, such a conundrum here, but we'll break down just on pure talent here. Imperatrice, often we've, we've spoken about her since last spring where she probably came over with a bit of a 1,200 profile when she first arrived from New, Ze- New Zealand for the spring campaign. Wowee, what did she produce at Mini Valley that day? So on a talent equation there, is she the best sprinter in the country? She's the best sprinter in this field anyway. Oh, she's clearly the best sprinter in the country. And if we're looking 1,000-metre specialist, she also owns that right as well because this is what's really, really interesting about this race. What is the treatment from a form student point of view? How do you treat it? It's a 1,000 metres. Are we going to isolate and say this is dead set specialist race or are we going to say, oh, no, maybe this could be – not a specialist race because it's Flemington, it's up the straight, and we might be looking for a few different nuances and maybe the 11, 1,200-metre style runner could be part of the race. Well, big field sides could swing me that way. I don't – this is a small, compressed field. I actually believe this is a dead-set specialist race, and I like to keep it easy and simple. And when I applied that, process i could only come up with two two possible horses firstly obviously imperatories this is the champion sprinting specialist at a thousand and absolutely has panels on the field like it's not minor it has a genuine two to four lengths edge on the competition and i'm going to say with some sort of exception to bella nipotina yep this is at a thousand if we go to 1,200 metres, the gap closes, right, in terms of the what's the difference between, say, Imperatries versus Private Eye or any other horse. But the reality is, Ralphie, I am extremely frustrated about – because you, you, you can't get the odds and unless you're just happy taking, you know, a, a straight-out win price, then there's – drama in the camp. But I wanted to ask you, Bella Nipotina, do you have any prices up for that horse? Yeah, so we've got a pair of trees. Look, Vince, it's funny you say about the price because I'll get to – there's a layer of information that we have to touch on. Uh, it, it's $1.90 at the moment. And, okay. And Bella Nipotina, $7. Private range, private eye, about $5. I am unstoppable, about $7. And uh, low t- sort of about uh, oh, as much as $12 cylinder. So with Bella Nipotina, what do we make of a trial? Because – Right. I can tell you after the race now, I know exactly what, what – there's one or two things people are going to say. Fancy looking at a trial or, nah, we should have taken more notice of the trial. It looked plain. Oh, no, it wasn't plain. It wasn't plain. When you put the clock on it, make this no mistake. Thing, right. Yeah, it, it wasn't plain because it just depends on how you make your assessments. Now, Viviane, which is the one that I felt was the, the best trialer of the morning, unfortunately, I believe that horse turned up flat. But this is a week later now, right? 
So this is the Cranburn trial I'm referring to on the fifth. Oh, okay, the Cran. Oh, well, the yeah, Cranburn trial. Yeah, okay. Well, I've done all the work on that as well. Yeah. And sorry. So Bill and Patina ran second in it, so we've got a match up yeah. here. Yeah. So here's the thing: when you do the trial there, this was outstanding in terms of Bella Nipotina. I'm just sort of comparing to say, okay, with Viviane, with what it did at Flemington, which was the best of the day, I would say that there's a strong possibility the way Bella Nipotina went, it was definitely a winning trial. And I'm very happy it's not seven days because you could be somewhat flattened because it was very aggressive, the trial. And performance was brilliant. Like, it dropped... Imperatrice off. Like Imperatrice fell apart because they weren't going to keep pressurizing the horse because it's just a trial, right? Yeah. And they're not because it was part of the part of the trial was like a race. And this is why they were very smart that they said, no, we're not going to push this horse any further because they were having a real crack in part of that trial. And the way Bella Nipotina went, I said to myself, oh, this horse is, they are absolutely gunning for a first up tilt. They have to be. You can't be that aggressive unless that's what your intention is. It's just not possible. And Imperatrice, they obviously knew. They weren't going to, you know, give the horse that extra because had they wanted to go with it, it would have been an extension of another four or five lengths. And that can have effects on your speed. So this is what I'm saying. I do think the price is going to be easing a bit because people are going to look at the trial and say, eh, has she come up? And then Bella Nipotina has come up, and then there's going to be some spruiks on some, some others. So are you just taking the view that uh, they, they, they pulled the pin, they didn't want to push her, and you still expect Imperatrice to come into play? Oh, absolutely, without a shadow yeah. of because everything that it was doing in the, in the trial was excellent. It's just when it got a little bit hot in the kitchen, yep. they decided not to go with it. Yep, and it was, a, and you could see it. It's a very clear intention. We're not going with yous. <laughs> and, 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 and like I said, make no mistake, Bellin Nipotina, they they must have had the intention. They were aggressive, right? So this all spells true for what? If we're looking at specialist distance, it's a simple race. It's a match race in two. If we're talking about specialist distance, no one else has the profile to compete against these two horses at a thousand meters. And Imperatrice does not need to come to its best to beat Bellinipatina. It can be two lengths short and win. Right. So Bellinipatina ran third in this race last year to stable mate Cool and Gatter. I wish I win second. It was a serious race. I only got beaten half length. Uh, last prep, also excellent first up. Remark, that was a fast time race. She ran the best last 600, 400 and 200 of the day. The bottom line is you're expecting her to come to play and just, uh, I know you don't, but I've, I've had a bit of a look, Vince. William Reed, if she's on target, this will also be a group. She'll be group one. She's now double figure odds for the William Reed. So I just wanted to put that down there because they obviously uh, they often target that. She just got beaten last year in it. So there's a, there's just a little one because I wouldn't be surprised if she runs in this, avoids the new market, and then goes straight to the William Reed. So just a little one for our, our punters there. So, so this is for Imperatrice you're talking about? No, I'm talking about for Bell and Nipotina because Imperatrice okay. will go to Sydney. So that's the oh, other thing. Right. So, yeah, so oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. They're, yep. they're going to target the TJ Smith. So that's an interesting one there. All right. So racing two. I'm unstable. So, firstly, Private Eye, very hard to put a 1,000-metre profile on it, on him, but uh, Private Eye at 1,200 up the straight. Wowee, that was a big performance that time, uh, October 2022. So, here's the thing with Private Eye. If we were talking, let's say this is a 1,200-metre race. Yep. And we're going to really try and frank its class profile. The gap between the two horses, Imperatrice versus Private Eye, there's not much between them. On the matrix, is sort of clearly indicating that Imperatrice has got about a length on it. Now, Private Eye, they, do they believe they can do a I wish I win strategy at 1,000? Is that what they believe they can do? I, I think it, they'd want to run well just like him, I wish I win did and then target the new market. Okay, so if that's their game plan, yeah, then, then it's all good. But if they have a firm belief, really, Imperatrice has to fall off the table... <laughs> And then you've got the problem. Then you've still got to get past Bella Nipotina. Yeah. Because it's 1,000 metres, right? Yeah. It's not 1,200. Yep. So I'm saying this right now. <laughs> I don't see Private Eye beating Imperatrice anywhere, anytime soon. Not not, not this campaign. And just round off for the three-year-olds here, I know a clear... Th- 
trainer's intent here is coming up here. But firstly, I am unstoppable. What's its profile and what can you put on at 1,000 metres? Very lightly raced horse, of yep. course. When I look at the last start, clearly it's best ever run, plus 1.1 overall performance. The matrix is indicating add three quarters of a length, which is fantastic. A little bit of a drop off late. So I do look at this horse and say, could you be cool at a thousand? There is enough to suggest that maybe you will love the thousand as well. It depends on what sort of pace is going to be injected through that first four to 600 metres. So if I was looking at who's the best of the rest, just at a 1,000 metres, this is the one that I'd have an open view about saying, you know what, this is the sort of horse that can do a big leap, but the leap's got to be monumental, Ralphie. Firstly, if, if Imperatrix didn't turn up, then okay. It, the only horse in front of it's going to be Bella Nipotina. Possibly it's good enough to be able to find that length and compete against it. But if not, it's just like all the rest of them. It's going to, But there's going to be a gap, Ralphie. There's going to be a gap in this race. Imperatrice is going to put a gap on this field. Cylinder was $4.20 in the race where I am the stopper ran second uh, to at, uh, at $6 in that uh, Coolmore at their last run. So, But it was an end of prep run. We've seen it before. They just gassed out after trying, you know, having a crack at the Everest. But seems to have tried well. Blinkers again. The one th- thing I just want to put on the table again for, for our customers who, uh, who are futures players, this screams trainer's intent that coming from the Dominic Byrne School, Run really well. Run at your best in the Lightning. Doesn't matter if you win, because then go into the new market. That's your, that's your target race. So he's double figure odds in the new market at the moment. This screams this is his target race, the new market. Well, he's de- clearly demonstrated on October the fourteenth when it produced a four point six above matrix scoring at slightly higher, giving him the clear signal that this horse is still trending in one direction upwards. You have a look at it from Rose Hill twenty third at night three point two. Comes out on the 14th of the 10th and goes plus 4.6, and all the trend lines match. There is no ceiling on this horse. We have not come to the end of its ability. I still feel this horse is this horse is potentially dramatically evolving. Why? Have a look at that run at Ramwick very closely, Ralphie. Almost benchmark first section. Tremendous mid-race move. Now, whilst the squeeze wasn't big, around seven lengths, but it was 5.8 lengths above benchmark, then finished off the last 400 with a plus 4.6. I look at the micro split over the last 200 metres, and what i seen was just a little taper of three quarters of a length, saying that was about all the horse could give. For a young horse to be able to do that, you know what that means, Ralphie? More elevation to come. <laughs> Bigger improvements are coming. Well, those two races you said are the Golden Rose, the best race for the three-year-olds, and the Everest, the best sprinting race in the country. So he's at the moment $11 for the new market. Might, might be worth having a look at, but for the Lightning tomorrow, it's going to be a matter of price about whether you're playing. All right, let's have a look at the other quaddy legs, starting with the CS Hay Stakes. Uh, sort of a, uh, a race that King Colorado was hard not to really stamp on its performance first up. He also has got a peak run in that Golden Rose. Otago's the second favourite there. Huge at Bendigo. Sort of workman-like last up, but clearly there's a horse who's learning his craft and he's since gone back to the uh, jump outs. How are you expecting the speed in this race? Yes, well, speed's everything, isn't it, Ralphie? Yep. Especially here. Decent size field. Firstly, what are the chances of these horses getting into the lane? It's 50-50, right? Yep. Depends on how much hustling, bustling, and whether there's going to be anybody potentially looking to slow down around the turn. If there is this possibility of a slowdown, the chances there for a couple of runners to take the signal and look for the lanes. There is that possibility. Right now, I'm saying borderline. Pace-wise, when I look at it, everything points to about a 1.8 to a four-length range above benchmark. That's what the range looks like. So no loafing? Yeah, no, they, they're not going to loaf, and there's enough horses in the race that want to be competitive up front to sort of give us that confirmation. And then I look at the riders and say, okay, where do you guys sit? And straight away, when I see Jordan Charles, Joe McNeil, they're not scared to go to the front and put a bit of pressure on. And then you've got Opie Bossom and Mark So They're quite happy to take the sit but they're not going to let anybody get away from them. 
So well, Ambassadorial's trial, you referred to Jordan Childs. It looked amazing at Geelong. It just put an absolute space job on him. Waterhouse bot, what do we know? We know they just want to go forward and, uh, and see if they're good enough. So that that's the, uh, that's the equation there. For sure. And this is the case. Well, it will be interesting to see if it's good enough. I mean, I've got it at the bottom of the... Yeah, that's right. Well, it's moment. big odds, but I'm just saying as far as its trial, it, it, it'll just be coming out and going whack. Uh, hey, Fat Cat missed the start last Saturday. Robbie Lang's back it up. He, he's a beauty, Robbie Lang. He likes his horses fit and racing well, but it showed good talent in that sand out and, and sail win. So, so putting Froggy Newitt on, you know what they want to do there. Yeah, well, here's the thing, right? The horse obviously can race with a bit of pressure, which is yep. which is good. But do you really believe it can race with the pressure of 14? I'm not saying that – I don't expect no, it to no. be in the finish. I'm not no, saying no. whether it can uh, rebound and put some pressure in the race. Well, here's my problem because I was looking at this horse saying, are you going to be a bit of a, a problem for me, right? In other words, come in and spoil the party and take one of those three slots because that's what I'm thinking of, right? You know, how many horses can I eliminate from those three slots so I'm looking at a potential betting opportunity? So initially when I looked at this horse, it really did captivate me. But then I just said, right now, 1,400 off that slow pace. Yes, it didn't have everything uh, right for it in the beginning. But the reality was you, well, could you have done more? The squeeze was 12 lengths. So that was probably the outer range. And it's probably not going to have to do that this time. But it's just going to have to deal with a bit more pressure and can you sustain it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm. I, I reckon this is an evolving horse, Ralphie. That's so, Otago, Otago, you've got most advantage at this stage here. A very, very good Bendigo win. And like I said, sort of a bit workmanlike, but you, you're just looking at this race and you, at, at its performance and you're just saying, well, you've got a lot to learn. He was odds on for a reason. Trial since looked dynamic. So what's your, what's your overview with Otago? Well, when you look at the, the profile of the race, if there's some good speed, the reality is this horse may be five, six lengths off the pace. Therefore, good possibility this horse is going to be travelling very similar speed to what it did at Flemington last start, which is around that four lengths below benchmark. It showed good material move between the eight and the four, going 2.8 lengths above benchmark, reasonable squeeze, 6.7, you know, a bit stronger than the Bendigo. And I felt the horse held on really well over the last 400 metres, a little bit of a dip between the four and the two, and was strong late. And everything points to one thing, more improvement to come. And this is a race where if you can get somewhere near benchmark, you're in the race. So pretty obvious, I'm just going on your, your most advantage uh, here as a, as a give us an overview here. With It's pretty obvious what Chris Waller's doing. Militarise, first up in Sydney that we just touched on. He'll go around with Guineas. Riff Rocket, Flemington Horse, he's going to peak next start in the Australian Guineas, or at least as a short-term grand final. Uh, and Riff Rocket has got an explosive turn of foot when right. We saw it at 1,800 metres. Can he produce it first up at 1,400 metres? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Right, why not? This is this is another horse very untapped and is clearly showing the signals that it's got the scope to continue to evolve and improve. I guess in some cases, like the other runner we just talked about, Otago, very, very similar in terms of the capacity for a further improvement. But right now, the competition's at 1,400. I'm not dismissing this horse at all. Probably the little challenge that it's going to have is I'm not saying the pace is like ideal for the horse. That's all. They have to run a little bit more orderly to make this horse a bit more explosive, just the way Waller is in terms of the way he preps him up. Yeah, so King Colorado, though, was first up at Caulfield. I don't think he could have done much more, could he, under that circumstance? And last prep, second up, was in the Golden Rose, beaten only two lengths. As I said, we've stamped the Golden Rose as the best three-year-old performance, strongest three-year-old race of the season. Yep. Well, it's another horse that's got good potential. This is an ideal distance for it, Ralphie. No question about that. Has the capacity to clearly break benchmark. That run last start, I thought there was a lot of merit in the performance. Five lengths below benchmark, first section. That's real cruisy pace for this horse. This horse can 
uh, cope with a lot more pressure than that and be competitive. I love the sustained speed that it showed over the last 800 metres, going 2.6 between the eight and the four, and matched it over the closing stages. And then I just looked to see if there was a taper. There was a taper overall when you just come inside the 600 to the finish line, and that sort of gave me some insight to say, okay, where's your, you know, what are you going to gain fitness-wise from this? And all the indicators clearly pointed to somewhere between half a length to one length of fitness to come just from the run. So all things look good for this horse as well. And Ma, Ralphie, Zara. (laughs) Where's Zara going to be targeting, Vince? (laughs) Right the the A1 lane. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. And finish off with one, Harry. Run. Well, this this is a very interesting horse, Vince, because it's had one prep. Uh, you know, got it wrong in his first start. Started getting it right at Kilmore and Bendigo, and then was specked at the market. And I thought you must be a good horse if you're getting specked at the market here. And and sixteens into thirteens, they knew what they were doing when it won at Caulfield. It was a high pressure race. The jump out leading in's good. Uh, Mike Moroney's put Opie Bossom on. I think they're going to try and find out how good it is tomorrow. Yeah. Well. Gutsy, they went 5.5, you know, this horse is yeah. trying 5.5 above, and they obviously had a strategy that they wanted to be, like, in the zone, and they wanted to be in the strike zone, and they were, right? Because what was the lead speed? Like, seven and a half lengths above? So you couldn't have squared it up any better than that. Yes, you had to deteriorate, and the deterioration was... I'm not going to say too much, but six and a half lengths below benchmark overall last 400. The biggest creep was over the last 200, probably lost two and a half lengths more. And and that's expected. I mean, the horse has had four starts. First time that it's gone like almost 10 lengths faster than any other start. You have to expect that. Yeah, this is uh, this this has got talent, Ralphie. This has got definite talent. And the clear-cut view here is the matrix is indicating that Caulfield run was an above-benchmark-style performance and won't need to use that sort of intensity through the first half of the race and maybe we'll learn about how well this horse can actually close off a bit more subtle speed for this horse first section. So what's your overview at this stage? We'll talk business tomorrow. Well, I like Ortega a lot, Ralphie. I feel this is a very, very interesting horse. It's got the right race post, uh, race profile. King Colorado and Run Harry Run were the other two that I'm you know, giving genuine consideration to. Race nine of the program here, well, it's going to be one if you're, if you're interested in taking the shorts or not interested in taking the shorts or perhaps a multi. Jimmy Starr is the dominant favourite at $1.50. Just a, we won't spend a lot of time in this race because it's a pass or play situation for everyone's personal view, but what type of upside have you got for this horse, Jimmy Starr? Well, firstly, I love the name. Oh, there you go, Ralphie. I love the name. <laughs> I, can't, I can't deny that, but let's... <laughs> We've got to spend a minute on this one. Yeah. Firstly, 0.6 above benchmark. It's no colossal pace, right? But compared to the run before, it was 10.5 lengths faster, right? And even the run before that at Bendigo, it was virtually five lengths faster. So we've got to put that in the perspective. Nice, big, increasing pace and cope beautifully. Between the 8 and the 400, the horse has gone 2.9 above. So no... Um, extensive move in the mid-race in terms of the acceleration. But what was interesting is the acceleration was obviously kept for the last 400 because it was explosive, 6.3 above, outstripping anything that had done before, and mind you, off a much faster race shape, right? Overall, the 1.8 is justified. The Matrix is sort of saying we're in the same space. The question is this. I'm not sure about conditioning improvement. I just believe it's just going to be all about what's this horse going to do as it continues to evolve. Now that it's had that race under its belt, how much better will it be feeling? And coming from this stable, it doesn't need to do anything more than last start to win. Yeah. And it's got another couple of lengths up its sleeve. Well, it's going to be a little bit like Imperatory. It's going to put a bit of a gap on the field. So a couple that you've put for multis, and I'll, I'll just put up mm-hmm. one other horse that I want to include in for, for your discussion here. Cross Haven, well, we know what, what he does. He, but he, 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 he ran super at Mini Valley. You'd be crazy to leave him out of your multis. Yeah, he's been very consistent, 
Doesn't Rob. win. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just a very consistent horse. He pro- his 1,400 metre profile's there, and he definitely is going to be a horse that's going to be in, in the hunt all the way. What probably the disadvantage for him will be if anyone's going to be looking to take lane bias advantages. Uh, Carini uh, only had the one Australian prep. They backed it at Caulfield and then they backed it harder again at Flemington. Uh, and it, it, it was good. He, he's got some genuine upside, this horse. But at 1,400, it's going to depend on how sharp he is. But uh, I wouldn't be in a hurry to leave him out of Vimalti. There's no question this horse has got an ability. I am taking a position that I want to see this horse at a mile before I get overly excited in terms of you know what I want to do with it. And I just felt just tomorrow it's a horse that hopefully runs really well and it can come under our radar for future races. Now, Pasquero's had four million runs this prep, but what do we know about him? We know he needs a rock hard fit. Uh, sorry, rock hard uh, ground. He gets that, and he's gonna. He loves fourteen hundred. Uh, Flemington, Mel, uh, Melbourne Cup Day wasn't. Yeah, it was Melbourne Cup Day. He blew a lot out of the quaddy, and he was at fifty one dollars tomorrow. He's thirty four dollars again from a multi perspective. Uh, he has to go in, doesn't he? Well, if he's not done with yep. racing. Right, and he's still got another race underneath him, then he's going to definitely take one of the three slots. Well, there we go. And uh, the other horse I, th- I think is worthy of consideration for multis is not an option. Flemington 1400s is go, and he too, like Pasquero, needs it rock hard fit, and he's going to make his own luck in the in positioning running wise. <laughs> I love it. Well, here we are. We've got a horse that. Where, how long do you reckon this horse has been up? Are you taking the 98 days saying that <laughs> start of the new campaign? Or, or I don't not? think he's seen a lot of grass. This horse. He's seen a lot of Mike Rodney's stable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's a genuine benchmark horse with the possibility on his best getting up around the 1.4 range. I, I feel that we know it's best, and this is probably why Jimmy's so short, Ralphie. Yeah. This, because they're – all pretenders now against this horse. <laughs> because they, they, we know that the exposure's there. It doesn't mean they're bad horses. They're, you can see the exposure and where the peak is. Who's really trending up other than Jimmy? Well, it looks like the Cordy could be a could be a double tomorrow because of <laughs> Imperatrice and Jimmy. So let's go to this last race. Punchlane's the favourite. It was very good at Caulfield. What's his upside? Punchlane, yeah. Okay, so let me just have a look at that, Ralphie. So his last start, and, and, and the money was there for it too. So, but he had, he had the he had the perfect run, but he smashed him. Notionally, it's a it's a step up in class. Uh, he's going to take on his his stableweight Bel Air, which is uh, second favourite there, and also your second most advantage. Meridius is racing well. Helix has been racing against uh, Bel Air, so we've got that sort of uh, line there. And he's out. Bonneville was a good return, just getting beaten. Well, he's a lightly raced horse. His punch line. The last start was an above benchmark performance. All sections were above benchmark as well. Even if you look at the raw figures, they were pretty solid. It was what was around plus 4.7. Ended up in the, inside the top 20 for the day. It's hard horse to fault. A little bit of a dip between the four and the two sort of keeps the door open that maybe we didn't get to get the very best out of this horse and upside still on the table for more. And you don't need much. He only needs to run to his profile and no bad luck. The horse is going to be on the podium, Ralphie. And if he can just make that next, it only has to be a small step, right? And a a rider like Zara is the right boy to get that next step out of him. This is a field as well when you look at it and say, well, there could be some big edges if you can find the right part of the track. And the reality is, I can't fault Punchlane. I just feel that he only has to repeat what he did last start, and if he can blend the energy a little bit better, then possibly we could see this horse go to plus a half, plus one range. Could be a very tight quaddy then to finish off the day. What of note, I suppose, is blinkers off uh, Bel Air. Damien Lane stays on. That tells me that he suggested it uh, since had a quiet jump out, uh, and if he runs to his New Year's Day run, he'll be in the, in the finish too. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just thinking here, Ralphie. These boys, what are they thinking? What are they thinking, really? You know, do they really believe that Bel Air is going to beat Punchline? They they must think think then that Bel Air is still improving and Punchline's done for the campaign because on the intel, you couldn't possibly expect Bel Air to beat Punchline. 
Nice. All right. Nice and simple. Let, let's get to race six. The the uh, the vanity, uh, the Phillies edition of the, uh, the 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 Colts that we just t- spoke about is race seven. The Phillies version is race six. Uh, hard to fault the, what the infatuations doing coming down from Sydney. How are you expecting the pace of this race? Okay, pace. Here we go. Nice, decent field. A few horses looking to go forward here, Ralphie. Indicators on the go forward horses. We're point. Point nine to one length above at best, and realistically, we could be as as slow as minus three. So it's not, I don't see fast pace. Just good so, even. Yep. So I'm surprised that Molly Nick is his favourite over Infatuation. Clearly, she's got some upside. She went to Sydney and uh, and uh, started deep in the market in that Group One there. But how can you fault one Infatuation's doing at the moment? Well, this is another race where I feel that they're all closely matched. Yep. In terms of. And I'm just simple, Ralphie. I look at the hurdle rate. What do you need? 1.4 lengths below benchmark, thereabouts. Yep. And you're a chance to be on the podium, right? Probably worst case scenario, 2.4 lengths below benchmark. So that's the sort of net. You don't need to break benchmark to win. And as soon as you see that, it opens up the possibilities. Now, how tight do you want to be? Do we want to say, like, anything that's worse than two lengths below benchmark and not showing upside, we're just going to dismiss? Then we're going to have a tight race with only two or three chances. If we take the position, no, we should be considering all horses up to around three, three and a half lengths below benchmark, then the race is more open and therefore more opportunities. So if infatuation, it's – so this is the – Bjorn Baker, I don't, you know, I don't get him right. Stables on fire. Yeah, the stables on fire. He's obviously got the horse going with jets, but he's a benchmark horse, right? Now that's good enough to win this. So the question is this: He comes to Melbourne. Can he hold the form? So let's see what he 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 went all the way to Gold Coast, right? Magic Mountains, yep. And then went back to to Sydney, and now he's in Melbourne. Is there another run there? If there is, he's there, right? He, he can't be denied because he's so consistent with his performances, right? But I'm always just a little bit nervous. I have to look at yards, right? I need that feedback from the yard to get that confirmation that, no, all is well, all is in order. And, of course, you've got to believe in the stable that they know what they're doing and they're not going to see this is a challenge with a three-state move. And Molly Nickers has got upside, big win at Caulfield that time. Two two runs uh, in the uh, and probably let's let's call it a, off a off a pretty short seven week break. Uh, Mooney Valley things didn't go right for it. Randwick things didn't go right for it. Now, and when you look at this horse, well, okay, he's he's obviously got a level of fitness about him. But when you just take that last run for instance, right, the drop off over the last four hundred from the eight to the four to the finish line was a genuine three lengths. And you ask yourself, okay, why was that the case? Is that because it was the first time to a mile, from 12 to a mile? Or was it because of the impact of the change in the speed going from 5.4 lengths below benchmark to plus 1.8 and then extending even further between the 8 and the 4? That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at saying first time to a mile, big increase in race pace, sustaining even more pressure between the 8 and the 4. You're entitled to weaken. When I see that sort of setup and those horses come back in distance, they are generally very dangerous horses. And then I look at the stable and the rider and say, well, unless uh, you know they've got other plans, but if they, they, they're going here saying, no, we don't have any other plans, we're still just evolving with this horse, so this is the golden race for it. Molly Nickers? Yep. Yep. So uh, it hasn't got black type. Tomorrow's the black type, so there's every chance they're going to say, right, Is there, what I'm saying is is a big reward for, for for turning up and coming to play. A couple of the race horses, just who's the best of them? Donegal, uh, Pink Shandon, uh, Lujica from uh, different out, out wide form. Yeah, not really interested in Donegal, which is the other one. Uh, Pink Shandon and uh, Lujica, I think it's pronounced. Pink Shandon. Number nine, <laughs> let's call it. One, one, one roll at Packingham. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at that pack and I'm run just to get some verification on that right now, Ralphie. Yeah, I'm not going there. Yep, nice. Right. No, no, Ralphie, see, this is the thing, right? If you're taking a wide net, confusion becomes the master of the race, right? Yep. If you're taking the tight net and say, I'm not interested in any horses that can't do uh, better than two below, then confusion goes away. 
And we'll finish off with the uh, the stakes race here. Of course, we'll talk business tomorrow if there's anything from the early in the program, but with the uh, ratings races and the two-year-old. But uh, uh, as far as today's concerned, finish off with the stakes race here. Wish Law Lass, very tight favourite. It's an interesting setup here, Vince, because you've got the, the tight favourite of Wish Law Lass, but how can you deny how Vagrant's going at the moment? Yeah, okay. So I, I gave some good thought to this race. Well, firstly, let's look at Wish Law Lass. Prefor- racing superbly, right, really. Yeah. At a mile, we're now back, 105 days off, and here we are, 1,400 metres this stable can get their horses to go superbly first up. No reason why it can't. And I do have an expectation that this horse should be able to run and perform at least to the level what it did at Caulfield on the 14th of the 10th of October, 0.3 above, or even the Mooney Valley run at 0.9 above, but at least 0.3. Now, Vagrant, when I looked at this horse, because that start run last night, oh, man, you just had to be excited, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. And if this was twelve hundred meters, and we were at Corfield, I'd say, Ralphie, let's have it. Let's have another bet, and let's just back this horse. <laughs> but here we are. We're fourteen hundred meters. What surprised me was when I look at the profile of fourteen hundred, all I got was negative signals. I didn't get any positive signals. Okay, I had a closer look at the win at Flemington, and so maybe that's where I've got to hold my my head. Was on that run. It was a genuine benchmark performance, even though I'd scored it like 1.1 below. And if we get a repeat of that back up to 1,400 metres, yes, I'm not going to dismiss you. And that's the only reason why I won't dismiss the horse. Going to be very keen to see how well Wishlaw last parades, but you are spot on, Ralphie. You can't push Vagrant aside. Now, if it wasn't for that run at Flemington, I was going to have it millions, right? Yeah. But the reality is I can't because that was a franking run at this track and distance. And revolutionary misses faultless. Well, we, you just spoke about uh, Bill Baker's horses beat up and back. It's beat everywhere. Uh, revo- revolutionary miss. But the trial uh, leading in seems like it's still in very good order. Yes. Well, for sure it is, Ralphie. And again, this is a horse that's, you know, fair and square, a benchmark plus a half range at this distance. And here we are coming straight from the Gold Coast to here. That run was good. I can't knock the run, Ralphie. I mean, probably yeah. too much energy early was the was the negative in my view. So that pattern didn't suit the horse on the day. And that's why I felt, even though like it was in the middle of the pack, they're going eight lengths above benchmark, Ralphie. And this horse, it's the old story. You've got to become part of the herd. And that meant this horse had to travel three and a half lengths above. It It's not the best remedy for this horse. Maybe over longer distance, weaker field, yes, but in that scenario, no. But they're usually big, big elevators. All right. Well, the final edition of Race Speed Profiles will come out tomorrow, and then we'll do the uh, the podcast, talk business from there. But at the moment, it seems like the uh, it's a case of if you want to please yourself on the short price, uh, there's no reason to knock the uh, the two standout horses in Imperatrice and Jimmy Star. But maybe from a betting point of view, it could be uh, could be punchline for you, Vince, as far as uh, an opportunity to place on side with a horse that's not not uh, odds on. Yes. Well. It's- is Melbourne going to have rain? No, can't. No, nah, we'll be right. <laughs> doesn't doesn't rain in Melbourne in February. No, good. good. <laughs> no, nah, really appreciate you being a customer year-round carnival. Look forward to speaking again tomorrow.